Okay. Chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself was not baptizing, but his disciples were, he left Judea, which is where Jerusalem was, and they just had the Passover in chapter 3. And, and um, was going away to Galilee, which is, if you remember the, our, little, our little map, Judea's down here, Galilee's up here, and Samaria's right in the middle. And we talked about last week that some, the, the Samaritans were basically half-breeds. They were half-Jewish and half-Gentile. And the, and the Jews had no, no dealings with them, and the vice versa, the, the Samaritans had no dealings with the Jews. And a Jewish rabbi would go around, would go out of his way to keep from going through what they call Samaria. So that's, that's that situation. It's, it was very biased. Verse 5. So he came to a city in Samaria called Sychar near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. So Jesus being weary from his journey was sitting thus by the well it was about the sixth hour now there's two two clocks <laughs> if you follow the roman clock it's about that's about uh, noon if you follow the jewish clock i might have that backwards uh, if you follow the roman clock it's about 6 p.m if you follow the jewish uh, time it was about noon most people uh, that I've been reading from said it was about noon and so we we'll, we'll go with that does your Bible say anything different uh, other than noon so it was about noon <clears throat> okay verse 7 and there came a woman of Samaria to draw water Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Now the unusual part about this thing, number one, it was at high noon, if we take that route, and that's the one we're going to take. And, and she was by herself, number two. She was a woman, as we're going to see, in the, it's implied, and she was a Samaritan. Most ladies came to the well at six o'clock in the evening, and it was a social gathering as 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 well as drawing water. But we'll soon find out that this lady was a marked lady, and so she wouldn't have gotten along, or the other ladies wouldn't not have gotten along with her. So she came by herself. She came by herself, and Jesus was there and said, Give me a drink. Verse 8, For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Therefore the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you being a Jew ask me for a drink, since I'm a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans? So we find that the lady 
was conversant. She was uh, streetwise. She had a sense of humor. And she had a retort. Give me something to drink. Why are you asking me? I'm, I'm a Samaritan. And I'm a woman. And Jesus said in verse 10, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now, like Art said with the encounter with Nicodemus in chapter 3, we have few verses that tell of this conversation. John, I'm sure, didn't capture it all. He just hit the highlights. And I'm sure that's the same case here. However, we have a little bit more dialogue with Jesus and the, and, and the woman at the well. That's all we know her by is the woman at the well. And, and, and like so many times with Jesus, when he, when he approaches something, he has a totally different idea or the people have a hard time following. For instance, after he fed, uh, fed the 5,000 and he was going across the Sea of Galilee, um, Jesus said to his disciples, Beware the leaven of the Pharisees. And they right quick picked up and said, We didn't bring any bread. We didn't bring any bread. That wasn't what Jesus was talking about at all. And he later rebuked him and he said, You, you saw me feed 5,000 and sold me feed 4,000. He says, But it just takes a little bit of leaven to leaven the whole lump. And he says, It takes just a little bit of information to come out wrong. Now, in the day which we live, there's no such thing as misinformation. Man alive, you know, it depends on who you're talking to. There's 30 people here. How many, Karen? Uh, but there's, and I'm sure there's at least that many <laughs> opinions about anything. Uh, so Jesus was ap applying the spiritual thing to the lady, and he says, if you knew the gift of God, you would say, give me a drink. And I would give you living water. And she, being streetwise again, came back in her retort in verse 11. Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. How do you get this living water? The archaeologists have told us that this particular well was probably one of the deepest that they've measured in, in the Holy Land. So it was a deep well. And he says, you don't have anything to draw with. I suppose there was a community rope there. She brought her own jar. She had a rope. They let it down. She brought it up. She says, you don't have anything to draw with. He says, verse 12, you're not greater than our father Jacob, or are you who gave us this well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. We know that to be true physically. You know, 
we drink and we get thirsty and we drink again and again and again. But Jesus brought out the point in verse 14, but whoever drinks of this water that I give him shall never thirst, but the water that I give him will become a well, become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. It was over the lady's head. Had you been there, it would have been over your head. Sometimes scripture we read from time to time and it's over our head. That's why later on we'll see in the gospel as we go through John, the Holy Spirit's here to help us, to teach us, to guide us. The paraclete, the Holy Spirit who comes alongside to teach us all these things we need to know. But this lady was looking at the physical and Jesus was looking at the spiritual. And yet, being a good evangelist, as Jesus was, he had a one-in-one encounter with this lady. And the things he said to her, as we'll see in just a moment, were absolutely earth-shaking and theologically <laughs> um, Great, for lack of a better word. Verse 15. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty or come all the way here to draw. So she, she wanted it for a totally different reason. We, we do some things, operation in as much, in as much as you've done it to one of the least of these. Everything we do in the church should be one goal, and that's to win men and women, boys and girls, to a saving knowledge of Jesus. Everything. If we do anything to help a physical need, we need to be conscious of their spiritual need. That's why disaster relief training goes into a lot when it comes to, to soul winning. That's why Billy Graham and Samaritan's Purse and all these people, uh, they go out and, and do what they do, but they also have a component for their soul. Do you know Jesus? Do you know the lost? So Jesus was here, he's, and the woman says, Sir, give me this water. <laughs> and Jesus turned on a dime here in verse 16. He said, Go call your husband. Well, <laughs> let me tell you what, what Swindoll says about that. He said, either the woman was spiritually tone deaf or she uh, deliberately avoided the real issue. And he says, people also avoid spiritual discussions because they're too painful personally. And they've learned to cope with their hopelessness. They won't, don't want anyone upsetting the delicate balance that they have worked so hard to achieve. 
When you've been out visiting, my daddy in the faith when I was in college took me and he was bold. I've never been as bold as Brother Bob was. But he said, are you looking forward to going to hell? You know, right, right. Well, no. Well, let me tell you about the one that can keep you from that. And he preached Jesus. And, and sometimes they were interested, and sometimes the shade came down. They didn't hear anything else he said. So in this particular case, Jesus maybe saw the shade come down, and he says, Go call your husband. Verse 17. The woman said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, Now he's God now. <laughs> Understand that. You have correctly said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one who you now have is not your husband. This you have said truly. So Jesus complimented the lady for being honest. He says, you're right. You know, what you said is true. You've had five. The one you're living with now is not your husband. Again, the streetwise lady came back and says, I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and the people say that in Jerusalem it is the place men ought to worship. So she kind of flipped, flipped the conversation back to Jesus. She didn't talk anymore about her husbands. She does in a minute. But he says, you know, um, in Jerusalem, you say them to worship. He says, our people say in this mountain. Verse 21 is pivotal right here. Woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain or in J Jerusalem will you worship the Father. The Jews were all about keeping rules. You, you do this, you don't heal on the Sabbath, you go such a, a distance on the Sabbath, you... You do this, you do this, so ceremonial washings and all these things all tied up to religion. We've done some of that. Somebody said that <clears throat> I'd like to go back to some of the country churches. Some of the country churches I know were tied up and a lot of this thing don't sit in my pew. My granddaddy gave the land for this place. It wasn't about worshiping the Lord. It was a social gathering, so to speak. That's what they did. Verse 22, Jesus expounds on this a little more, and he says, You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. 
Hold your finger there and go back to the first chapter of John where we've already been, but we just want to redo this a little bit. <clears throat> verse first 10 of chapter 1. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Jesus said, salvation comes from the Jews. Jesus came to his own, and they didn't receive him. Pastor Bobby's taken us through Acts, and we've, we've, we've seen all the, the problems that the Jews call, cause Paul and Barnabas and Silas and all the people that were there because they were interfering with the, with the status quo. And Paul said, I'll just go to the Gentiles. And that's where we come in. For as many as receive him, to them he gave the power to become sons of God. In verse 23, Jesus capped it out and he said, But the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming. He who is called the Christ. When that one comes, he will declare us all things. And he, the woman at the well did something we do. I'll just delay this conversation. I know Christ is coming. When he comes, he'll tell us all truth. He'll tell us all truth. Verse 26. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Real early, this is one of a few times in Scripture that Jesus says, I'm the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. More times than not, we'll see as we go through, through uh, 
through John that when Jesus talks about himself, he'll use the phrase, the Son of Man. We saw this when we were in Matthew. Uh, we've seen it. Uh, we've seen it a lot. The Son of <clears throat> the Son of Man. But here Jesus told the lady, He says, "I, who speak to you, am He." When Moses was at the burning bush, you know, he said, "Who, who shall I say sent me?" He said, I am sent you. I am. So, here's the great I am. And Jesus said, you're looking at him. Then we leave the woman at the well for a few minutes and we have an interlude with the disciples. At this point, his disciples came and were amazed that he had been speaking with the woman Yet no one said, what do you seek? Or why did you, why do you speak with her? They were smart enough to keep their mouth shut. Sometimes we're not. But he, he says, and they came back. Verse 28. So the woman left her water pot and went into the city and said to the man, men, come see a man who told me all the things that I have done. Is this not the Christ? She went there to draw water. Jesus never did get his drink. Not that we know. She left a pot. She went back to the city. And all of a sudden, this lady's testimony, her testimony, come and see a man that told me everything that I've done. You remember when Rahab, when we were in Exodus, we saw this, when Rahab uh, took the spies in and, and she put the scarlet thread out. And, and Rahab told the spies, she said, we've heard about you folks. We've heard how you've wiped out these two nations up there. Their testimony what they had done, what they had known. That's all we have is what, what the Lord's done for us and where he's brought us and who we are. And in this particular case, she was going to the city. 29, come and see a man who told me all the things that I have done. Is this not the Christ? And they went out of the city and we're coming to him. I don't know how long this took. You know, I don't know how far the well was from Sychar, where, where, where they was. You know, I, you know. But it, it probably took a little while. But she gathered up a crowd. She says, 
Come see this man who's told you these things. Verse 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you don't know about. Hold your finger there and go to Deuteronomy. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy um, chapter 8. Verse 2. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you and test you to know what is in your heart, whether you would keep the commandments or not. He humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by the word of God. We can't, we can't not read Scripture. We can't not meditate. We cannot study Scripture and be the status quo. We can't. We just can't. Man shall not live by bread alone. At home, there was a years ago, a bread company put out a flyer that had Christmas words for Christmas songs and jingles and so forth on it. And it's kind of fitting, fitting that the bread maker would put this little leaflet out and at the top of it it says, man shall not live by bread alone. I'm sure that wouldn't be in vogue today. But the truth is what Moses said to the Israelites years and years ago is the same thing that he's saying here. I have food to eat that you don't know about. It's just, it's just what it is. Swindoll says obedience to the word of God is more important and more satisfy, satisfying than fulfilling any mere physical need. I'm sure you've been in situations. I know I know Velta would go without meals meals as long as she has a a grandbaby there or a great-grandbaby there. Food's the last thing she's thinking about. 
And Jesus had this encounter with this lady. And he says, I'm full and overflowing. And you've been in those situations where where the Lord's blessed you and and you weren't too concerned about food. (laughs) But disciples wanted him to eat. Verse 33. No one brought him anything, did they? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Then we have a saying here, verse 35 and 36. 35. Do you not say there are yet four months and then come to harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. Does anybody have anything in their scripture that's that's not white for harvest? Everybody's got white? Huh? Right? Go ahead. Ready? If you have an NIV, it says ripe, right? That's the way, that's way we normally hear it ripe for harvest Jesus said white for harvest which the commentators tell us that's overripe it should have been gleaned before ready for harvest verse 36 already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for life eternal so that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this case, the saying is true. One sows, another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Paul said it a different way. He said, some watered, some planted, some watered, but the increase was God's. So the Samaritan lady there, Jesus told her some profound stuff. Number one, The time is coming and now is that if you worship God, you worship Him in spirit and in truth. Not in the mountains, not in Jerusalem, not with a bunch of rules and regulations, but you do it in spirit and in truth. Then he told the lady, he says, I'm the Messiah that's talking to you now. Verse 39. From that city, many Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. 
He told me the things that I have done. So the lady's testimony brought them out to the well. The lady's testimony brought them out to the well. Verse 40. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they were asking him to stay with them. And he stayed two more days. Many more believed because of his word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, as chapter 1 tells us. So because of his word. Verse 42, and they were saying to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard with ourselves and know that this one is indeed the Savior of the world. Went to draw water met a man who was a Jew, she being a Samaritan. It wasn't, it wasn't right. Came in the middle of the day as a woman, a Samaritan, give me the drink. He said, if you let me give you living water. She said, well, I'd like that. I'd like not to come back and do this. Who's your husband? Bring your husband. That started a different dialogue. And she came to Jesus. Not only her, but many more. And they were Samaritans. The cast outs. The people didn't, no one wanted anything to do with. Well, you probably won't remember a whole lot I've said today and that's okay but Art's going to play a clip and maybe you'll remember it 